0: Now, he says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. There's a difference between the office of a prophet and the gift of prophecy. The simple gift of prophecy is... Hallelujah. Now, we're dealing with uh, the church, alright? I'm part... This is part six. Let us look at the office of a prophet, and it is important that we are able to discern. As children of God, we are able to judge things. We are able to know when something that is of God is in operation and when it is not. We said that a prophet, or a prophet, is one who, under the inspiration of the or or, or direct influence of the Spirit of the Lord, shows forth. Or speaks forth future events and/or interprets hard sentences or signs as revealed by the Lord. That's my definition. Now, it's a lot, there's a definition out there of him being a foreteller of future events, which I told you the first time and all of that. But I've looked at it all because the office of a prophet is beyond just telling future events, he interprets. Had sentences, interprets dreams also, and stuff like that. Praise God. And also, the prophet in his operation under the Old Testament worked miracles. The New Testament prophet, which is supposed to be a better office, should include that also. All the things we had as a prophet under the Old Testament op- should operate under the gift of the prophet under the New Testament except for this particular fact that he was the go-to person to hear from God. He still has that ability. Is God's oracle. Praise God. But the thing now is that God speaks to the body. So when a prophet is speaking, God still has to confirm it through the witness of his spirit in us and through his word. One main place that we are able to discern when a prophet is speaking Is by his word. Everything that we're doing in the kingdom of God is done by God's word. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. God has highly exalted his word above his own name. So, God can't say something through a prophet that is contrary to his word. He will never do that. It is important that we know that. If we don't know that, We're going to have problems. You know, all right, let's go go back and look at Ephesians, our main text for today, Ephesians chapter 4, praise the Lord, and see what the purpose of the gifts to the body, what God's intention or intent was concerning the gift. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, When he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended. Is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might feel all things. And he gives some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children. This is the purpose, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. So God wants us to become mature people in the the kingdom as sons so that we do not praise the Lord. We're not tossed about. Somebody brings one new wave of understanding, we bind to it. Somebody brings some, uh, some psychology professor comes up with a new idea about the suki, about the soul, we bind to it. Somebody, you know, through the common cause, somebody comes up with something, it sounds very, you know, se- you know, seduction or seducing spirits do things that entice people. It's not about, you know, some people all they know about, sed- you know, seducing, uh, s- seduction is about maybe women dressing some way or a man, you know, dressing some, you know, strange way or whatever. It is, it is part of it, but the main thing is spiritual. Where the enemy tries to draw people away from the knowledge of God into some pseudo-religion. Hallelujah. But the slight of man and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. Who is the him there? Christ. That we want to be like him. Amen. In all things, which is the head, even Christ. We are like him. But what is this that we will come to that understanding we we'll come to that knowledge amen from whom the whole body fitly joined together compacted by that by that which every joint supply it according to the effectual working in the measure of every part make an increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love praise god so that's what we're teaching The idea is not for the teachers and the pastors and the apostles and the prophets to keep the children of God in the babyhood stage of the Christian life. That's not the idea. So that whenever you have anything, the go-to person is the man of God. No, that's not God's idea. God's idea is for the fivefold ministry to impart knowledge to the church so that the church will come up to their understanding That they may be able to operate as sons and daughters of God upon the face of the earth. So he gave some apostles and some prophets. And we said specifically concerning the first two offices that they are ambassadors. Hallelujah. They are the ambassadors of God. Amen. A prophet is God's oracle speaking the mind of God in the instant. A prophet speaks as he sees and hears. Hence, they were called seers under the Old Testament because they could see things. They could hear things that are real. Praise God. The prophetic office flourishes and operates in close fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a difference between the office of a prophet and the gift of prophecy. The simple gift of prophecy is uh, uh, speaking forth audibly an inspired utterance given by the Spirit of God concerning that word which God intends to do in a language known to the speaker and the audience. That is a prophecy. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that prophesied, that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit, he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesied, speaketh unto men, to edification, and exhortation, and comfort. Now he says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts but rather that ye may prophesy now if the gift of prophecy the simple gift of prophecy and the gift of uh, uh, and the office of the prophet are the same it would mean that that, that, that the apostle Paul was suggesting that all of us should desire to become prophets and that could not have been what he was saying praise God they're two different things to operate in the office of a prophet, at least the gift of prophecy will be in your life. But there are more things in the office of a prophet than the gift of prophecy, of simple prophecy. The whole of the body of Christ is encouraged to prophesy. And actually, we do prophesy to a point. Because the things we say, and in declaring God's word are prophecies. When things are happening and you're being attacked and you say stuff like, I will live and not die. The number of my days God will fulfill. That's a prophecy. That is fort Praise God. You're declaring the mind of God. Amen. Now the office of a prophet has in operation certain gifts of the spirit. Looking at it, where the Holy Ghost was opening my mind to my heart to all of the things that happen in the office of a prophet, I began to realize that there is so much there, so much in the office of a prophet. We've talked about the gift of prophecy, there's the gift of discerning of spirits, especially this gift, a prophet should have it. What is the discerning of spirits? The gift of discerning of spirits is the walking of the Holy Spirit in a person, causing the person who has the gift to see into the realm of the Spirit to enable the individual distinguish, decide, judge clearly the cause or reasons for what is happening or that which shall happen. This includes visions of all kinds, open vision, trances, vision of the night, which we call dreams. Now, not all dreams are, vi- you know, I use the word vision of the night instead of saying dreams. Except it's a vision of the night, it is useless. In the book of Ecclesiastes, the Bible tells us that dreams come at as a multitude, as a result of a multitude of business. So, what you're involved in affects your dreams. But when it's a vision of the night, It's like what Joseph saw. He saw in a dream. An angel came to him and began to speak to him. Praise the Lord. Now, so that's a vision of the night. Glory be to God. Pharaoh had a vision of the night when he saw those, you know, cows and all of that. The Bible said that God showed it to him. When Peter had a dream, had had a vision, All right, where he saw into the realm of the spirit, he was in a trance. Trance is part of discerning of spirits because you see into the realm of the spirit. That is where that gift is. It doesn't just mean judging between whether this thing is coming from a a devil or it's coming from God. No, it's you seeing into the realm of the spirit and knowing the reason why. It could be the fact that you are able to see that there is a demon causing a sickness or a disease. He also has in it the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is insight into divine interpretation of signs and mysteries and the giving of solutions to life's problems which are not ordinarily apparent without the presence of that gift. Joseph, by this gift, interpreted Pharaoh's dreams and give a solution as to what should happen. Let's read it. Genesis 41. Let's start it from verse 1. Now it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed and behold he stood by the river and behold there came up out of the river seven well-favored keen, and fat-fleshed uh, and they fed in a meadow and behold seven other keen came up after them out of the river, ill favored, lean fleshed, and stood by the other by the other by the other Cain upon the brink of the river. And the ill favored, lean fleshed cain did eat up the seven well favored and fat cane. So Pharaoh awoke and he spoke and he slept and dreamed the second time. And behold seven years of corn came up upon one star and rank and good. And behold, 17 ears, and blast with the east wind sprung up after them. And the 17 ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke and behold, it was a dream. It was a dream, but it was a vision of the night. God was revealing to Pharaoh what he wanted to do Because he had someone he wanted to favor. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. And he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt. And all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream. But there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh saying... I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was wrought with his servants and put me inward in, in, in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream in one night, I and he. Uh, we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was there with us a young man, an Hebrew servant to the captain of the guard. And he told me, and he interpreted to us our dreams. To each man, according to his dream, he did interpret. And it came to pass, as he interpreted to us, so it was. Me, he restored unto my my office. Him, he had. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. And they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and he shaved himself and changed his raiment, and came unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it, and I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream and to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, in my dream, behold, and he told that whole story. Verse 25. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, the dream of Pharaoh is one. You see, this is where the gift of the word of wisdom comes in. He says, your dream is one. The dream of Pharaoh is one. God had showed Pharaoh what he's about to do. And the seven good can are seven years. And the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. And the seventh thin and ill-favored king that came up out of them are seven years. And the seven empty ears blast blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt. And the famine shall consume the land, and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of the famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and let him and set him over the land of Egypt and let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers. Now, he's giving him a solution as part of the gift of the word of wisdom is a solution, solution to man's problems. In managing things, God will bring a word. A new thing will come that has not been there before. There was also a famine in Jerusalem that was prophesied by Agabus. And the Bible says that he, you know, that, that they decided among the brethren, the word of wisdom came, that they should gather things for the brethren that were in Jerusalem from other nations where they were believers. Hallelujah. You see that in 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul was what started talking about it. So it is not something new. It is in the Old Covenant, and it is in the New Testament. Praise God. Amen. Also part of the operation of the Word of Wisdom is what we see in the book of Prophet Daniel, where a hand came out and wrote on the wall, and Daniel gave the interpretation. That is the Word of Wisdom. These three gifts should be operating in a prophet. As he grows to a point, they should be operating in his life. Praise God. But you know that the gifts of God operate according to the proportion of our faith. Hallelujah. As he grows in the operation of the gifts of the Spirit, those things, his office, will grow. It's a learning curve. Praise the Lord. But everybody watching, you see, you notice that there is something about the things of God. It comes with the wisdom of God, because the wisdom of God is, in, is, is God's way of doing things. And So, when you're judging, when people are talking, this thing that this person is trying to say, when we're judging it, we're going to be saying, is he leading us to Christ, or is leading us away from Christ? Hallelujah. I'm still going to deal, I talked about these gifts because they are the ones that are not apparent. I'll add one more. The gift of the word of knowledge. That we know. We, We know that, right? Praise God. It's a spiritual faculty imparted by the Holy Ghost which causes the believer or the recipient of the gift to become aware or the unfolding, or knowing, or comprehending of what God has done or will do in the instant, which was not apparent to the senses before the word was given. That is, I'm here, somebody gets healed of something. The person doesn't even know the person is healed. Then I say, there's somebody here, you are, I describe things about the person, and I say, you've just you felt heat on the right side of your, your belly, uh, there was a tumor, there is gone. Then the person checks, says, wow, it's true. And sometimes, that person may be, may be crippled and he's feeling like getting up to walk and all of that and he's thinking about it, you know, he says, wow, I feel heat all over my body. I feel like getting up. And it's like, and the devil says, you're crippled, sit down. And he says, the, the, the the man of God sees the Or a child of God gets up within the congregation and says there's somebody here. You're feeling heat all over your body. You couldn't walk. God has healed you right now. Stand up. Then the person stands up because the person's faith is encouraged. It's something that God has done or is doing in the East